0: Welcome to Engage, a series for women in agribusiness. This update is made possible by the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association, Corteva Agriscience, the Agriculture Division of Dow DuPont, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Now, here's our host, Kara Hart. We're visiting with Black Gold Farms Director of Business Development, Leah Halverson. Leah, tell us a little bit about your work with Black Gold uh, Farms. How has your role in the family business evolved over time?
1: Yeah, well, well, thanks for having me. Uh, so my career has evolved quite a bit with Black Old Farms. Um, after college, I went to North Dakota State, and so after college, um, I wasn't really sure what I was gonna do. So I kind of floundered around a little bit, and I ended up working at an ad agency in Fargo. About seven years ago, I came back to Black Gold uh, full-time, and so my career has uh, kind of shifted from, you know, doing the social media marketing uh, stuff to now it's grown into more of like uh, account management on our fresh potato side. So I work with customers like Kroger and Hy-Vee. I also do a lot of the the corporate marketing, a lot of our
0: trade shows, and other business development opportunities. Uh, You're kind of taking the lead um, internally to kind of open up the conversation about what's going on in agriculture, maybe not necessarily focused on male or female, but what can you tell me about those efforts internally, what you guys are working on there?
1: There's so much to talk about and, and so much opportunity. So, if you want to kind of rewind a little bit about where this is all stemming from, of course it's the whole ag advocacy thing. I think that's super important, but um, personally, to look at it, so it's me and my two brothers. We're the fourth generation of Black old farms, and my brothers had a completely different path than than I had. You know, it's not right or wrong, just different, right? So my brothers, like right after college, they couldn't get to the farm fast enough you know they literally gotten their pickups from NDSU and went to the farm me i wasn't quite sure i didn't know where my place was in the at the farm you know if you will um, fast forward 20 some years and now between my two brothers and i we have eight girls that'll be the fifth generation of black old farms and i feel like that that's a really cool and unique opportunity now their path is going to be completely different than mine. Then their path is going to be completely different than my brothers. But also their opportunities are so much more. So when I was in high school, um, I would work on the farm. I would weigh trucks. I would file invoices. I would, you know, do the cleaning. I, I would do all the quote unquote, you know, girl stuff, right? Because my brothers were there, and so they would get to drive the trucks and be in the field, and and. And that's just how it was. And I didn't really question it. You know, again, fast forward 20 years, it's like, well, why wasn't I in the field? And I didn't even think that that was, you know, kind of an option, if you will. Um, And my dad and everybody else didn't really think of it either. So it's not like it was this big sexist thing, but you just didn't think of it. And so now there's going to be these eight girls. And right now they range in ages two to 16, so, so we have some time, but it's going to be here before you know it. And I just want to make sure that they know and their friends know and, you know, eh, that there's room for them in agriculture. And it may not be driving the truck, or it may be. It may not be, you know, doing QC, but yet it may be. Uh, that there's room for them if, if they so choose. And it could be in information technology. It could be in, in anything they want.
0: Were you raised to come back into
1: agriculture? That's a really good question. Was I raised to come back? You know, I always knew that the door was open. So, you know, (laughs) so like in high school, yeah, it was, well, you're going to work. And so I had an easy job, not an easy job, but I didn't have to like go interview and, you know, find a job at the Tasty Freeze. I would go work at the farm, right? So, so that, that was planned out. Uh, But I, I mean, I was always told I can do whatever I want. You know, sky's the limit. Yeah, whatever whatever your your heart desires, you're going to go to school and you're going to work hard. And this is here. This is what we do. Uh, but, you know, for me, it was never a, here, this is your path to come back and, you know, be a leader within our organization. I don't think that was ever really um, talked about with me, exactly. But it wasn't that there was a door that would, th- there was no Closed doors, or whatever, but it was just, uh, you know, I was encouraged to look
0: outside. And whatever, whatever I wanted, wherever my passions and talents took me. I know we have some similarities, I'm sure, growing up in agriculture, growing up with a farming background in that sense. But my, my older sister and I, uh, it was a hard life on the farm. And my parents, they wanted us to make a good living. It was hard to pay bills some months. And really, uh, the challenging time, you had to budget and take care of things. And they always told us to not come back to the farm. So I just find it interesting sometimes to hear people's stories and how they... Uh, either where they stepped away and came back to agriculture or how they knew they wanted to stay in agriculture
1: it was more we were encouraged to to follow our passion you know and that's why I think my brothers went right back because their passion never wavered and my passion wasn't quite as as thick and intense you know especially at that pivotal moment in my life and in you know and in the um in the organization.
0: Uh, you know, uh, you m t- shared your story a little bit about uh, growing up with your brothers, things like that. And it makes me think of uh, last year, you know, in a blog post, you actually shared some of these stories. You wrote, uh, there are mixed emotions with women like the women in agriculture label. Uh, and in the post, you say what you don't love is there's a group of ag professionals who separate themselves from others based on being a woman. Do you still feel that way today? And uh, yet, yeah, if so, why, why not?
1: Yeah, I do. I do feel that way because I, you know, I was always the sister and, and I, I don't think that that did me any favors, you know, it was the brothers and then the sister or the daughter. And, you know, I, I sit back and I think about it and like, okay, I still have skills and talents and, and passions just the same as, as these guys. Um, you know, be it my brothers or other male employees or whatever, and I think I have just as much to to give and to offer as anybody else, but why should it be, you know, lady farmer or whatever? Why can't I just be a farmer? Um, and, And I, you know, with that said, I appreciate so much, you know, other women helping other women. That I'm a big fan of, and I love Kind of women peer groups and you know telling these stories and sharing these stories and and kind of talking about it but um, you get out of that group then I don't think it should be oh this is women in ag person or whatever right this is a business prof- uh, agribusiness professional period um you know be- again same kind of talent same kind of passion same kind of experience they just happen to be a woman but so so that's why it kind of, I I I cringe a little bit when it's, you know, lady boss or lady farmer. Or, you know, no, it's a boss and it's a farmer. It's a manager.
0: Uh, you say also in the post that women are an essential part of the continual evolution of the amazing agriculture industry. Um, I, I think that... Uh, Everyone, I'm sure, has a different experience. I think there are maybe some mixed feelings out there about folks who may not necessarily feel that way. So my next question for you is how do we as an ag industry um, continue to to better the discussion about everyone working in agriculture together?
1: yeah, and i think I think that's it it's it's everyone working in agriculture together um, uh, especially right now, because it's not just you need an agronomist and somebody to, you know, change tires. You need all sorts of, of specialties. And, and who cares who does that, right? As long as they know how to do it and do it well and work hard and can be a team player, then, then that's what's important. Um, you know, sometimes I also feel like us in ag roll our eyes at city folk, quote-unquote city folk, right? Like, oh, what do you know? You had a Starbucks across the street. And, you know, I didn't know how to order a pizza until I was in college, right? So I would roll my eyes at these city folk. But right. amazingly enough, they also have something to offer. <laughs> so I think where I'm getting at is is we need to be very open-minded on on who we look for for talent and who we, um, you know, look for for advice, for counsel, for for different areas of expertise. We were. I was at a meeting once, and uh, it was a black gold meeting. And this one guy who was not from our organization uh, sat down by me because I was a little bit like uncomfortable with. I I didn't feel like I belonged right in this particular meeting because it was very agronomy focused, and and I was just I didn't fit fit in. And he sat down by me. And he's like Leah. How many uh, potato professionals are, are in this room? I'm like, well, we all are. How many, you know, potato agronomy experts are in this room? I'm like, oh, you know, seven or eight. And he said, are they good? And I'm like, well, actually, this is probably the best potato agronomy group, you know, in America right here. And he's like, so you're not a potato agronomy expert, are you? And I said, no. And he goes, then stop trying to be one. So so that was really interesting. Like I was uh, like, okay, I'm okay not knowing this like deep technical stuff, right, of our organization. Um, whereas before, my dad had to know everything about everything. And so now it should be okay that I can still be a leader within our organization, but I don't know this, like, you know, technical stuff because we have some really, really, really smart people that know a lot more about, you know these things. And so I think, being a leader, you have to recognize that. And it was interesting that I had to have somebody tell me, don't worry about it if you don't know, because you can pick up the phone and, you know, the world is your oyster, but you don't have to know it. And so again, it's, it's relying on these other people Regardless of where they're from or who they are, I think that just makes things better.
0: Where do you see the future of the potato industry leadership? But you think there are a lot of young people stepping up and and filling some of those roles?
1: You know, I think there is. Uh, there's there's a few you know youngish people that that are really taking lead. So you know, my brother John was just the head of Potatoes USA this last year, and I know that that's ignited a fire in him and a lot of his peers and you know us. Uh, to that there's so much opportunity in the potato industry and and it 's okay to get involved sometimes we we get nervous like yeah, but we have our you know job at home on the farm, so it 's hard to break away to look at the bigger picture but um but that 's the only way we 're going to grow as an industry is is to get out and and I think there's some really really amazing smart talented um young people that hopefully are are able to and have you know uh, quote unquote um Permission to step outside and and to to work on behalf of the industry.
0: Oh, what advice do you have for uh, people in agriculture looking to take the next step in leadership? how What would you tell them? Don't be afraid to ask questions.
1: Um, there, there there is no stupid question. Don't be afraid to to voice your ideas or concerns. You, you know, way back when I, that I I would be worried like oh well maybe this is stupid or whatever, but once. You allow yourself to be vocal and use your voice, be it asking or telling or, you know, contributing somehow. Uh, I think that's how you began to be a leader. Uh, not just that, but really noticing other people's talents and and doing what you can to allow them to use their voice and maybe create some sort of platform for another really smart, talented individual. Is
0: there any other part of your story that you'd like to share?
1: It's interesting, and I I know this whole thing is a journey. You know, our organization started with my great-grandpa, you know, in 1928, uh, with 10 acres up by Forest River, North Dakota. And now we're over 30,000 acres in 11 different states. So you just never know what's going to happen. I didn't know I was going to be back, uh, you know, working at Black Gold. Uh, I'm with my family all the time. And it's, it's the greatest thing. It's also, you know, something that you're like, whoa, is this really what was, what was my plan? Uh, I, you know, they, they say, and it's kind of cliche, that the only thing that is for sure is change. You know, and so I think as long as you hold on to people who you trust and who trust you, um, and you work hard and work smart and, you know, hang out with really, really great people, who knows... Who knows where your path will be?
0: This special series is produced by the Red River Farm Network and made possible by the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association, Corteva Agriscience, the Agriculture Division of Dow DuPont, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services.